So, if you know me and you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I'm always looking for new ways to make myself hashtag better than yesterday. Well, I came across a new way with an awesome company out of Canada called New Breath. I've been using their tub for cold exposure therapy for over a month now, and my body just seems to feel better and better each day. It's no secret that I love to work out, and I'm always sore, but taking a cold plunge each day has really changed that, for lack of a better term. Now, I'm still sore, I'm just not as sore. I spend about 10 minutes in the tub, three to five days a week, in as cold as I can get the water using some large ice blocks, and it's been great. My body feels better, my sleep numbers have increased, and the general resiliency, I guess you can say, has been great for me, because getting in that water truly takes your breath away each and every time. You have to focus, you have to calm yourself, you have to control your breathing to get into that zen-type state. So you can learn more about them by heading to their website, newbreath.ca, and save yourself some cash if you're looking to make a purchase of one of their tubs by using code THESIZEUP at checkout. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 43 of The Size Up by National Fire Radio, because what you do off the job matters. It's pretty cool, right? 43 episodes of this, and we finally have a tagline, or at least I think we're going with that as the official tagline. I do have to thank Mr. Jeremy from National Fire Radio for coming up with that tagline. And in true Jeremy Pip, I guess, Jeremy slash Pip fashion, we have these mammoth conversations and we say a lot of things. Uh, There's a lot of New Jersey cursing and making fun of each other in these conversations that we have. And sometimes, a line just comes out that you didn't even realize it comes came out and especially out of Jeremy's mouth. And you're like, Whoa, I got to write that down. And sure enough, I wrote it down and I thought about that because what you do off the job matters lines. And then I had to call him back after our conversation and actually thank him for, for coming up with that tagline. So I think we're going to run with it. And I think it really works well with my guest for today because he does a boatload of things off the job that uh, a lot of things I like to do. Maybe I'm not as dedicated and as passionate about them as he is, but I'm definitely trying to, to keep up. But Chris Gilbert from True North Technical, Tactical Fitness, welcome to the Size Hub. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a full, it's a full time job, man. Everything I do off the job, it's a full time job. <laughs> and it's funny because you're you're adding to your off the job stuff by getting into this crazy world of podcasting it it sounds like right it's just who I am my wife always says she's like you need to chill like if I could learn how to relax and do nothing that would be the day but so all right so you you just said that and I think this is a pretty key thing and you see me like writing my notes because folks like us that are involved in the emergency services and we're not even going into your backstory and all you how how you got into that yet but we are go, go, go all the time, all the time on. And we actually have to, at least I feel like I have to make myself relax. You feel yeah. Taking time out of the day and just being and sitting, I, my mind starts going. It's like, there's something else I could be doing. Oh, but I, I wanted to work on that. Oh, but I want to go do this. And it, it's really hard to be like, no, you need to stop. Like, you yeah. just need to sit for a second in it. And like, turn it off. And even then, like... Even when I'm trying to turn it off and my mind starts going wild, I'm like, all right, that that's cool. Let's just think about that before I go on to the next thing. 
Yeah, it's it's almost a challenge to have to, okay, I got to think about nothing. I got to put effort into doing nothing and thinking about nothing. And then you're like, okay, that feels good. But let's get back after it again. Totally, man, totally. And, and so, so I didn't even want to jump right into this too, but we're gonna, because we were introduced by our friends at, at New Breath. Uh, who make uh, cold immersion tubs, cold plunge tubs that we both use. And I use my cold plunge time to really, truly try to not think about anything except being effing cold. How about you? Yeah, if I could take my mind off of just being cold and trying to remember to breathe in it. I, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's so funny because uh, I'll use it now as a part of my mindfulness and I'll take a couple minutes out of my day and I'm like, okay, I got six minutes, six minutes to sit in the tub and just focus on breathing. And I get out and it's like, holy crap, that's gone. Just like that. It, it's pretty amazing how the time goes when you're just focusing on your breathing. And even I'm getting better at when those thoughts start to come in my head, like, oh, I got to get on Canva and make something for social media. I'm like, no, no. Breathing, counting, breathing, counting. And isn't it funny how, you know, we have this practice with it now, but if you try and convince someone to get into cold plunging for the first time, they're like, you want me to sit for how long? I can't do six minutes. It's a lifetime. And I'm like, trust me, it goes by way faster than you think. You just got to focus on your breathing. And they're like, you're nuts. Like, I'm cold. That's all I'm thinking about. It's funny how too with it, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm really cold. I'm really cold. I got to calm myself down. I got to calm myself down. And other times I'm just now at the point where I'm like, I like this. Is that scary? Is that bad? This, is, this has been a daily thing for years for me. And then getting the chiller from new breath and being able to really set it cold and go for it. Yeah. I seek that of like, I just want to sit there and freeze for a couple minutes. This is me time now. Yeah. We're messed up. I think the hardest thing for me still, and I guess I've had my tub now for about two months and I'm, I'm pretty, you know, like four days a week, I'm trying to get into it. Um, it, it's just that breathing before I step my foot in. It's not a big deal when I get my foot in. It's actually the act of getting your foot into the tub. Absolutely. We actually had to take our tub and put it inside because, you know, we're up in Northern Ontario and we're already getting frost. And last year I had a makeshift one that I would just leave outside and have to crack the ice to do it. And with the new breath, one, I'm like, I don't want to have to walk out in the cold and then try and psych myself up to get in. I'm like, we're moving it in. I'll do it from the inside because I still have that every time. You're standing at the edge and you're like, I know this is going to be cold. Why am I having such a hard time to get in it? I want to get in that cold. But yeah, it's that couple minutes, eh? I leave, I leave mine in the, in the garage and my garage is not insulated. And we're in the fall here in New Jersey. So, you know, it could be 31 degrees in the morning and 90 by four o'clock type thing uh we go through all the seasons in a day is what fall has turned into but um when you're in the garage i'm like this is gonna be horrible in december like it's yeah be... you may as well just get in it because it's gonna be warmer than your garage it may work out i have realized though that coming back in the house where it's warmer it's so different than in the summer where when you come in and the air conditioning's on and i'm like oh my god it's even worse in here if i come back in and it's warmer yeah. How quickly can I get dried off and back into warm clothes? Oh, oh, dude, I'm like jumping into my robe. I'm like wrapping myself up, trying to get out of the garage. Like it's hysterical, but it, it's definitely been a good thing to add to the pra my practice, at least of just, I don't even know if it's prehab or rehab or just mindfulness. 
it's it's a little bit of all of them i think honestly you're you're keeping yourself fresh from other injuries you're taking away a lot of the inflammation and you're doing a lot of rehab from any training that you're doing with your job and then you're adding in that like you said the breathing right that's the biggest thing you're focusing on when you're in it that mindfulness that taking a couple minutes out of your day and just finding that off switch where you can just tell the brain i'm just doing one thing right now and that's breathing you're kind of getting all of it out of it which is why i love their tubs so much yeah it's pretty epic and you can't use your phone because you're shaking so you don't want to drop your phone in the ice cold water so it's definitely like the the six minutes of no screen time in my life yep no absolutely and then you got to like i thankfully have my watch that i'll carry in there but for a while i wasn't so then it was like wait how long have i been in here Oh no, I go with the watch. Oh no, I'm like looking. Oh, okay. But my goal is, so it's funny, my goal is to not look at the watch and try to be like, all right, six minutes is up now. And then look down and sometimes you're like, oh, it's been eight minutes. Good, good job, Pip. High five for me. Other times you look down and it's like, what? Three minutes? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, why? I thought this was already done. I actually had a really funny one of those. And it was, we talk about learning all these things with getting set up and recording and everything. I was doing recording for New Breath and I was trying to do my talking and through it and my mic failed. <clears throat> Sorry. So I'm trying to record and I realized that my mic wasn't recording the entire time. And I had been talking for so long that I started to shiver with it and I'm starting to chatter. And I'm like, hey, how long have I been in here? Like I've been going through and I looked down and it was over 12 minutes. And I'm like, holy crap. But and I was like, oh, it's only a three minute video. There's no problem. You'll be fine. You just go. But when you're talking and, and you're in that moment, it's kind of like these. I make the joke with podcasting and I'll throw this little tip out there. It's like I look down at the counter and I'm like, oh, my God, we've only been talking for seven minutes. This is never going to work. How am I going to get an hour out of this? And then we start talking and then I look down again and I'm like, 47 minutes. How, what now I got to wrap this up. Like, how am I going to wrap this up? I want to talk so much longer. It's we just get into that flow state, right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's an, again, another added bonus that I didn't think I would get out of being in there. Um, and my body feels great. Like, I well, I'm not going to say that, that that's a BS fitness line right there. <laughs> my, my body feels less sore and feels better. That's a more accurate. Yeah. Right. Because there's no, there's no secret fitness pill or thing you one thing you can do that's going to solve it all. Ah, consistency. Oh, you're right. Oh man. Consistency, See, no matter what you do, I can being consistent with it will solve almost any problem because it's a refusal to give up. Oh, I like that one. B build some more on that one for me because I can talk about it too, but I want to hear more about that because it was your your concept here of consistency. So like I bring it back at obviously a little bit into my background, which we can get into, but like I come from a tactical background, I come from a teams and obviously building true North tactical fitness. I build it on the four pillars. We do fitness, nutrition, mindset specifically, and breath work. And one of the biggest things, cause I have some athletes that come in, they're paramedics, some of their police officers, and they're looking to do these special selections and, you know, you can give them so much fitness, but really it's your mindset that makes or breaks it. And they say, you know, like, what do I have to do? And I said, honestly, you just have to be consistent. Any time that you give up, that's when you fail. You're you're not going to get back up. You're not going to keep pushing. You're not going to keep trying to find a new way to be successful. I mean, how many times? I'm sure you've had it where you're trying to learn something new. How many times do you mess up when you did your podcast? How many lessons did you have to learn, right? Still learning. Every day you're learning at this thing. And you know, I love your show. I listen to it. Obviously, with Mike and Alina, that's what got me onto this. And it's that consistency of you just 
continually pushing towards learning new things and developing new skills and getting better at it, that's what makes or breaks it. And if you would have just given up when you were learning the lessons, I mean, yeah, that's when you would fail, but consistency will fix anything, whether it's in fitness and I want to get faster, I consistently run more mobility. I consistently stretch more, you know, you with the ice tubs, consistent exposure is going to get a little bit easier each time. I remember starting to get into it and it was like, you dip a toe and it's like, okay, that's my ice exposure. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. I just, now, I was like, daily. I'm just jumping in. I could do it. I'm just jumping in. <laughs> yeah. You just get in, get out. And now like you've even had it for a couple months and you found a practice with it and it's just consistently getting after it. So that's one of the big things that I always push and you're only going to fail a selection. You're only going to fail at whatever your dreams are is if you just give up. And I make sure that all of my athletes know that because that's, it's, it's totally in your court. It really is like that. Never give up attitude and mindset is what it's all about in life. You know, we, we can say it in the emergency services field where it's like, we're never going to give up and we're here for you. And you know, like, I always have to do the voice when I do those crazy. Oh yeah. Things. You got your hero voice. You got to get my hero voice on. Like I'm going to be there, but really it's everything in life. It's marriage. It's fitness. It's your career. It's parenting. I mean, it's my, my little kids in school doing this crazy math stuff. And I'm like, don't give up, I guess. Keep doing it. And you'll get better at it. I mean, I can't help my eighth grader in his advanced algebra class. I'm like, nope, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, no, you can ask me about anything related to saving lives and doing the job, but uh, I don't have that one for you. But you're right. It's, it's consistent just pursuit of growth because it's personal growth. It's in a sport. It's in anything you do. I mean, you, everyone starts as a beginner. You're never bad at something. You're just a beginner learning. And it's like consistently putting in the work. That's how you become better. Dude, the one-liners you're dropping here. Like oh, the, the amount of reels. We were talking about reels before we started. Like, I'm like, I'm going to be real crazy here. I can't even, I can't even keep up with your one-liners. I love it, man. That's that Spartan strong coming off the weekend. Oh, you're still, still in that mood, which we'll definitely get into talking about, but let's, let's hear a little bit about you because, you know, most podcasts, they want to hear about their guests the second they started and we've gone 12 minutes and most of the folks are like, who in the world is this guy? I'm driving in my car. I can't look him up on Instagram right now. So let's go about a little backstory about how you got involved into all this and, and kind of growing up and such up there in, in Canada, eh? Oh, I mean, put it simply, I'm just a Northern Ontario boy who loved Batman growing up, I guess, but which no, Batman? Uh, which Batman? Hold on. Oh, I can age you here. Like Michael Keaton, Batman, Val Kilmer, Batman. Michael Keaton was the OG. Okay. Yes. But uh, what's his name? I'm bad with actors. I mean, I don't spend much time watching movies, but not the... George Clooney did it for a bit where it was kind of comic oh, Clooney was, yeah, he was on point with it. Those were mine growing up. Yeah, but uh, not the Pattinson, the one before them. I forget his name. The one with Heath Ledger there. Oh, Christian Bale in, in yes. the, Dark, the Dark Knight is the best Batman. Hands Absolutely, down. yeah. It, it just brought that raw darkness to it, but still gave that superhero vibe. Yeah, I loved it. And then you throw in. Uh, oh, I'm just, again so bad with names. He was Obi Wan. He was all those guys. You and McGregor? No, no, uh, no. He was in well, Taken. I yeah, I can't think of his name though. Oh, but he played the bad guy, the original. I'm trying to think. Oh, 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 yeah, I know. Oh, I can't think of his name. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He played, um, I'm now like Kylo Ren, and we're, in, and we're in the wrong movies. But yeah, you're right. I know who you're You know what about. I mean? Like, Amazing. he played such yeah, a good yeah, yeah. bad guy. So that was that's the one that I can resonate with the most, because they just had really good bad guys, and they had to have really good good guys with it, too. So 
Awesome. The Dark Knight series is the best Batman. I said it. Done. Absolutely. I'm I'll go down with you on that one. But no, uh, so I'm originally from Thunder Bay, Ontario. I moved away really young. I knew paramedics was something that I wanted to do. So I went down to Southern Ontario for a good couple of years and I did my primary care. And then I started working up in Sudbury, Ontario, which just to give you a little backstory, if you know Toronto and I Ontario, I know, I know what, I know it exists. I know it's a place. I, I know Niagara Falls in Canada and that, that's pretty much my Canadian. Uh, okay. I've made it that far into the country. So Sudbury, we cover about 10 areas of the GTA, which is about, they have a million people. It's a huge part of Ontario. We cover about 10 of those in our little district for a hundred thousand people that we have up in Sudbury. Okay. So we do a lot of rural and urban EMS, uh, but we have a pretty good Metro center downtown. And so I started up here in 2014 as a primary care paramedic, worked for a couple of years, went back to school, became an advanced care paramedic, which for you guys, I guess would be the EMTA. That's what you guys have down there or your actual paramedic. Probably a paramedic. Uh, so you start as an EMT. Uh, an EMTB and then you have EMTA and... You guys got so a many, different, so many different cricket letters, man. I can't. I started as an EMT and then I had to become an EMTB and then I became an EMTD, which may, meant I could use a defibrillator. This is how old I am. Oh, wow. Okay. It's like a nine, nine hour class to learn how to use a defibrillator. Um, or now push like, harder. Shock yeah, now. Pretty, it was, there was no talking then. Like there was, oh, no. defibrillators didn't talk. That's how old I am. Um, they can do the job for me now. 100%. Anybody can do it. You don't need to take a class type thing. Um, we have eyes, which is in between EMT and then paramedic, where they can do some more stuff, and then paramedic. So I'm thinking that that would be your advanced care. Yeah, I think so, because the only one above us would be critical care, and you guys have something very similar on your flight, like your choppers and everything down there as well. Yep. So I'm in advanced care, and I've been an advanced care paramedic for the last seven years. Um, and then I got, I helped, and got onto our Thames team up here that we just developed three years ago. Cause obviously tactical paramedicine, something that's becoming big across Canada. You guys have obviously had it in the States there for a while, but again, your guys' deployments a little different than ours. Um, but yeah, I've been a tactical paramedic up in Sudbury for the last three years. And then recently with just the whole life changes and going off on stress and having to deal with my own mental health, which I'm sure we're going to get into. I opened True North Tactical Fitness and I started to take all of that tactical training and the fitness required and just kind of like, again, we talk about mindset where those one-liners are coming from and then take everything that I learned from my pre-hospital training and then put it into fitness and then open that up because there's so many of us that work in emergency services that you re like, you just need a little bit of guidance and you could do so well with your physical and mental health. That is, I got so many things, you know, so many people in the emergency services field don't realize that you could take the principles of what it is we do and how we do it and apply that to so many other industries that the people in those other industries are like, how did you do that? I'm like, I, I don't know. I just did it. Like, cause that's what we do, right? We show up and we solve a problem very rapidly, hopefully with a positive outcome. And then if you add a little bit more fitness and a balanced mental health on top of that, I always say my athletes, even if they're not in emergency services, you're warriors. That's what you're training to become. You get a warrior type mindset and then you add that athleticism behind you, you're unstoppable. Okay, consistency. You are unstoppable if you develop that mindset. I think we're, we're, this is, we're definitely on the topic line. It's just consistency is going to be, let's go back and forth to consistency this whole time. Oh yeah. Consistency is going to bring us through. 
All right. So, so your tactical end of being a paramedic up there, um, you know, here around me, at least, I mean, there's all different ways you can do it, but is that a full-time thing? Or are you on a regular ambulance and then, oh, we have a tactical call up. We have to go there. They send you. Yeah. So that the last one there is how we're running it in my service. Uh, again, tactical paramedics is relatively new. I'm a slightly vetted in your guys because I am IBSC certified and tactical paramedic certified in the States as well. Done quite a bit of training down there with some of your teams. Um, so every service or municipality runs their TEMS differently, but I am a full-time tactical paramedic. However, when I'm not on an activation, I am on a rig just doing my normal calls as an advanced care paramedic. I if we're not required, we're out there working the streets. And then if attack activation comes in, then we pull ourselves off a of deployment and we marry ourselves up with our, our attack unit, which is your guys' SWAT down in the States. Uh, we're in the same kitted uniform as them, just a different color. And then we go and we provide the medical support for them just in the hot zone. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of, I guess that's the larger way it works down here, unless you're in bigger cities, you know, like New York City or Miami-Dade or... Chicago, LA, you know, where they have just full-time teams out running ops. Oh, I wish. Ready and to I, run ops and ops and ops. I can just keep saying that. We totally have those teams across Canada. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some that are just running some Gucci equipment and that's all they do. Toronto being a good example. I mean, the bigger metropolitan areas, they definitely have a, a higher call volume so they can afford to do that. Up in Sudbury, again, population about 150,000 people. We're definitely not doing that all the time, uh, but we do get our call outs. And th the biggest thing I think I want to preface though, is that we are an unarmed position. So I am only EMS. I don't work for police. I just go under police command when we're on those activations, but I'm, I'm a paramedic. That's all I do. And two, for the folks listening who have no idea about the emergency services, you know, on the tactical medicine side of things, it, it could be done loads of ways. There are uh, tactical teams that actually train police officers to become paramedics. You know, they cross-train. Um, there are also tactical teams that cross-train paramedics to become police officers and have an armed position. Um, it, it just all depends on how your system works and what honestly works the best for you. Um, I think what we're seeing here more in the States on the tactical end is, yes, there are tactical medics and um, they go along with the teams. But now we're starting to train everyone in some form of tactical medicine because you just never know when you're going to be in one of these situations. So as a, a TCCC instructor and a Stop the Bleed instructor, I support that so much. I, we actually rolled out all of this training to all of our frontline paramedics, the, the Stop the Bleed, and just kind of give them a really nitty-gritty either TCCC or the TECC training. Mm -hmm. just so they have an idea because at the end of the day it's trauma management yep and then you just add a little bit more scene safety into that because you're going to be a little closer to that hot zone and yeah everyone should have that training and it's not even just in first responders honestly i think civilians should have that sort of training because trauma is everywhere right and you don't know if you're going to have a first responder immediately so having yeah. something in your toolkit to be able to respond and do something it's definitely something we're doing more of here too in the States where, I mean, they're training teachers and stop the bleed because obviously we have, have these school incidents that can happen. But even if a kid just happens to get cut in a class, wouldn't you want their teacher to be able to understand, like, let me stop your bleeding. 
applied traumas, to trauma is one of those things. Yeah, seconds count. So just having that knowledge of, hey, I could do something, even if it's just putting pressure, but you know, hey, I got to put pressure here. I got to put something on this. I mean, tourniquet availability is now coming out almost everywhere. And having that, I mean, I go hunting with it. I have it in my truck when I go out and about because I pulled up to Rex being off duty. And that makes the difference being able to put something on, right? And it's so simple. But if you don't know what you're doing, it's not simple. My uh, One of my past guests, Ofer at Trauma Pack, uh, sent me some trauma packs, you know, to do oh, some nice. stuff with and to have. And, and I have a couple, there's a couple tourniquets floating around, you know, in places. But like, I'm bringing the trauma pack to my kids' lacrosse practice and my kids' lacrosse games now. Just in case, you know, just in case. Better have it and never need it. Exactly. And I think we're, and I was telling you, we're going to Iceland and I'm like, we should probably throw this in the bag. I'm like, we're going like ice climbing and like, and I do. And again, another past guest is a, is a firefighter paramedic uh, in Reykjavik. So I'm going to get to meet him when I'm out there, but I'm like, he he ain't going to be with us when we're ice climbing. And I don't know what these cats on this tour guide are going to be like. So maybe we'll just have our own stuff just to be safe. Oh yeah. And it, I'm glad that you put it like that too, because it's your stuff and it, you know, training makes it universal that you could grab someone else's gear and be able to do it, but you know, your stuff better than anyone else. So to have that with you, oh, it's a game changer. It's such a, it's such a preparedness mindset that you have about this because right. You have to know your gear. Um, we actually just got my job. Uh, what was I was on the car a couple of shifts ago and I'm like, what's that red backpack in the back of the car? And they're like, Oh, it's a new, a new, like, mass casualty trauma bag that we put in all the rigs just in case oh it would be yard sailed in a second if i didn't know what's in it it's coming apart and i'm going to figure out how to put it back together well being uh being still regardless of rank the ems guy and and, and regardless of how long it's been since i've worked on an actual ambulance i'm still the ems guy don't worry i was i was digging through it and i gotta do a little more when i go back tomorrow and be like let me just make sure i know exactly how much i have and what to grab and where because you don't want to be that guy who's like, and it gets yard sailed on the call because I've been to yes. this. <laughs> well, and even that, and then you're fumbling for stuff. And yeah, it just makes for a bad day. Not only does it look sloppy, but again, we're talking about those seconds count and you're fumbling over stuff. You're not doing anything justice with that. So just taking a couple minutes like you're doing there and being prepared. You know, even in that preparedness end of it, and, and it's so funny how you get into these different conversations and rabbit holes, even understanding how the bandage opens, right? Yes, like how absolutely. the packaging, if you're, you're listening, you're not watching me actually do it, the video of like opening a package, because sometimes you can rip them down. Other times you can spread them apart. Sometimes you can open them and they just go poof. And you're like, well, that's useless. Yeah. And just segueing into the Spartan side, I had that happen on course. And we talk again about how just getting that practice with it. I was trying to open a cliff bar while running my beast, which up here, it was like 23 something kilometers that we had to do. And it was two degrees and raining and I'm fumbling over it. And that same thing, I'm pulling it. And I'm like, I don't think it's supposed to open this way. I don't think it's supposed to open. I'm like, I feel like this is going to go poof. And the cliff bar just ends in the mud. And I'm like, oh, like that was nutrition. I needed so bad. And don't get me wrong. I ate it. I, I, I was going to say, did, did you pick up the cliff bar and eat it? 100%. It's just a little bit of mud that's never going to hurt me. But yeah, you don't want to do that on a call though, right? Like I can get away with that with my cliff bar on course. I'm not doing that to a patient. It's not someone who needs my help. So yeah, absolutely, I, knowing how it opens. 
it's so simple, right? It's like one of those things too. And, and it's not something they're going to teach you in your basic EMT class. You know, they're going to be like, here's the bandage and move on. Like you actually have to take the time to look at your gear and get it set the way you need it. Kind of like, I guess it's not as much in Spartan racing. I, I've done, uh, I've done triathlons and like, you have to have all your stuff set out because, you know, I came out of the water the one time and, and, and my mental state was not that good. Like getting into my biking shoes, getting my, my, uh, my wetsuit off and into my biking shoes might've taken me longer than the swim. Oh yeah. Those fine motor skills. And just that everyone has a plan until you start to get cold and tired. And then that plan goes to crap. That's it. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. And Spartan will punch you in the face. Don't get me wrong there. So, so, so being you're just coming off a big Spartan weekend, let's jump into some Spartan stuff here. Cause it just seems like a, a good time to get away from some tactical ends and talk about something you love doing for fun. Really for fun. These Spartan races uh, I've done them. Oh, yeah. Fun. Fun punishment. I love it. I feel like it's more punishment than anything, but which ones did you do this past weekend? Cause I see all, you have all your medals behind you back there, but you did like a whole bunch, right? Cause you had a bunch of medals in the picture. Yeah. So this weekend, I mean, you got to love when Spartan gives you medals, right? You, you always find out at the finish line. This weekend, I wrapped up. You don't up know our, that? Wait, wait, wait. You don't know if you're getting a medal until the end? You don't get a medal unless you get to the end. Oh, okay. But there's definitely always a medal at the end. Oh, right? yeah. Like, oh, okay. Out, you the way you said that, line. I was like, are those fuckers like, no, no medal for you today. We, we decided no medals. You just had the fun of being on the course. It's psych. You don't get it. Uh, no, there's definitely like hurricane heats, which I can definitely touch into. You can finish and not get one. You can also not finish, but still have to show up throughout the whole race and you're still not getting one. I have a horror story with that one, watching someone get there and they got their shirt and they go over to get their medal and they're just like, yeah, I'm sorry, you didn't finish. So like, thanks for showing up. And they just took it back and they're like, you had to perform. Oh, oh, it would be so sad. Oh, I know. I, I'm, I was next to them and I'm like, I know I'm getting mine, but that broke my heart watching it for them. But no, for all your other races, you're definitely getting a medal. Okay. And just joking. Yeah, and this past weekend, I wrapped up my trifecta. It was our Canadian National Series. So we Spartan has the three big races. They have the sprint, which for us in Canada talk, we've got our 5K, our 10K, and our 21, our half marathon. We use K here, for, just for use, I was in West Virginia doing your U.S. National Series not a month and a half ago, and people on course would be like, how far are we? Oh, we're 13 kilometers. What? Well, no, that like... <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna be quiet. I'm and not... I'm just like, I'm sorry, it's like seven miles, and they're like, that's better. I don't know. Ryan Pennington, he's talking bad about West Virginia. I'm just gonna just gonna say that. Go ahead, keep going though. Oh, hey, well, come and call. <laughs> West Virginia heat definitely took it out on us because I'm not used to running. Those mountains are horrible, probably. We got some pretty hard mountains up here. True, 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 true. But it was running in the heat and the humidity. That was rough. Because I, I mean we get hot, but we don't get 90% humidity and 33 degrees Celsius out there hot while running. So This is the second day in a row someone is talking about humidity. And this summer, this past summer, was like the least humid summer in the Northeast region, I think. I don't know. I, I, you could Somebody could fact check me on that, but I feel like it was the least humid summer we've had. So it really wasn't that bad. I've been to the States twice now in the last couple months, and you guys have way more humidity than we have up here. And I mean, <laughs> Northern Canada compared to the States, but yeah, no, humidity is a game changer on those courses. But so this how? past weekend at Blue, it was the three for the trifecta, and then the trifecta, like I had already done the, the West Virginia course, like okay. trifecta times two as well. So every time you do three courses, the three in one weekend, that's your, that's that triangle right there, get all three medals. 
Okay. And then if you do multiple of them, you're getting time. We actually just had a Canadian make the Canadian world record for 16, 16 trifectas this year alone. He did 16. So, so on a, and a trifecta you do over a weekend, right? Yeah. A trifecta weekend is the, the half marathon the beach on Saturday and then a 5k and the 10k on the Sunday. Back back. That's what we just did. That's a lot of racing, man. That's a lot of, how many obstacles in total would that be? Do you know? 30, That's a lot of obstacles, man. And then if you miss one in a Spartan race, you do a penalty, right? Yeah. So it, uh, it changed recently. It's all penalty now. And they're penalty depending on the, the venue. Some are uphill, some are, some are extra distance. Which I personally wish they brought back. Oh, man, you're starting to cut in and out a little bit. I don't know why. Did you just, did you move away from the microphone or? No, I'm like losing you here. Is your internet still the same? Because you haven't moved. I can see that. Can you hear me like totally clear? Oh, yeah, I can hear you super clear. Okay, now you're back in. So maybe we can keep going then. Let's yeah, see. We'll see how I it goes. turned up the game a little bit. Hopefully that works. Yeah, you were cutting in and out a little bit, but it's sometimes it happens. So we'll see. We'll see as it keeps going. Um, we're in a yeah, problem. Not even it. I sound yeah. perfect. <laughs> if you got that from burpees, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so when you don't do a Spartan obstacle, you have a burpee penalty? They used to, yeah. You used to have to do 30. Oh, and what do you I do now? It. Now you have to do the penalty. What's the penalty? Okay. So it's either like it's an additional running track. You either have to run uphill or they put like an extra four to 800 meters of running. You have to do the next obstacle because that was easier to track than just counting up. Man, I do not know what's going on with your sounds here, man. Now I totally lost your audio. Try it again. What happens if we oh, do it? Oh, oh, there you go. Now you're in. Now you're good to go. Now we're good. Yep. All right. Let me put you back through my headphones here. So I'm not conflicting anything. And then that should be good. Yeah. They, it's now a penalty. So uh, go back to the other way. You just were. Take the headphones off. I think. I think it was the headphones that were messing you up. Okay. We can deal with it. But yeah, so it used to be uh, burpees, okay. but when, you, when you'd race competitively, I mean, how do you track 15 to 30 people coming through an obstacle and they all have to do 30 burpees and you're trying to race competitively and you're trying to count who's doing them all at the same time and are they all the standard? No, so they added, no. So they added penalty loops where, you know, sometimes depending on your your specialty like if you're a runner man you're gonna do penalty loops all day long and you're not gonna suffer i'm an obstacle guy i'm not a big runner so when i i want to make sure i'm getting through those obstacles proficiently because i don't want to have to run any more than i have to and that's just the grit of doing a spartan or any obstacle race really is just that figuring out how to get yourself to keep moving uh because yes. i know when i've done them and failed at some obstacles, I'm like, I am not going to finish this. I'm just going to stop now. Like, and taking those couple of seconds to be like, how am I going to keep going? Yeah. It's again, finding that, you know, I'm only going to fail if I quit. 
So I got to find something to keep pushing me forward. The nice thing within the Spartan community, though, everyone's there to help hike you up. If I ever see anyone down or I've ever been down on course, there's someone who walks by and it's just that quick little comment or that pat on the back of like, you got this, man. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Let's go. My wife laughs at me. It's a little clap. I do like that. Come on. Like a little quick clap. Like, come on, let's go. And I found that in the in the running community a lot when I was doing training for marathons and running marathons. Um, you always had that person to pick you up, whether they were passing you, like you could just tell when someone's down, like body language and uh oh yeah, that defeated, you could see their soul just leaving their body. <laughs> And, and, too, and the fact that you know you're suffering and that you've been there you want to be that person to help them yeah because i mean even if it's in a race i want to see you get through it you signed up and you showed up for a reason i want to see you finish way more than if it's even if it's competitive then i want to do well i want to see you get through it because that's that's why we're here right the race is there for all the races to show up if you're going to be dropping out because you're just having a hard day and you're hitting a wall nah, that's not worth it. let's get you back up there and let's get you moving yeah, really, all, all the glory is just finishing. It's not winning, in my opinion. It's just getting across that finish line for everyone, even strangers that you don't know. Yeah, and because, like, and I mean, maybe it's just a personal mindset thing. But like, I'm not in this to win it. I'm in it to do it. And it's that that process of doing the training for it and showing up for it and putting it all out on the line. Like, I want to put my best performance out there, but I'm not aiming for any sort of to win. I want to get through it and I want to have a blast while doing it. And especially when we talk about endurance events, like, I want to suffer, but I want to show up better. Yeah. And those folks that are winning it, that's their job, man. It's not my job. Yeah. Like, And I mean, all, all the hats to them, but yeah, I can't do that. Well, I shouldn't say I can't do that. I'm not doing that. That's not why I'm showing up. I'm not committing that much time. I was just happy to finish the marathon. I did find in triathlons, when people were on their bikes, they were really mean. I don't know why, but they're biking and well, so triathlon, just a different world. So the swimming end, no one cares. They just run you over. Um, the biking end, it's like, you're going too slow. Get out of my way. And I'm like, I'm all the way over to the right. I can't get more right. So you just got to go around me on the left. Like, sorry, I'm not as fast as you. Why are you yelling at me? I got nowhere to go. I just took my training wheels off. Leave me alone. Yeah, like, do you see my little legs? They're not very long. I don't get that much. I don't care what gear I'm sitting there just pedaling away yet. It is too, because it's crazy. And I, I learned this through triathlons and stuff and nothing against the folks that do it. But on the bike, you could buy speed. It's the only place you could actually pay to be better at, you know, where your ability to bike can be direct. Might not equal your performance. Yeah, exactly. Or your level of athleticism type thing. It was more fun that I recognized some of the people that really pissed me off. I guess it's a New Jersey thing. Uh, when I was on the run. And they were really slow and maybe blowing past them. Uh, maybe I threw some shoulders and elbows into some folks as I no, went by. I didn't see it yet. <laughs> maybe, and, and maybe a few of them were ladies, but I didn't really care because they were really mean on the bike. And I remember yeah, they bullied <laughs> me on the bike. You can't bully me and get through. But, you know, so Spartan racing is definitely something that is a huge part of, of your life. Yeah, I, I mean, I started Spartan actually a year ago this past weekend. It was my first time walking onto the course with my wife and we had, it was actually, what was it? We were just looking to try and switch up something new. We had TNT was kind of doing its thing and we're just starting to get started in fitness. And you know, when you try and find your niche, yep. 
And I think as a tactical athlete, I'm like, what can I do? Like, what is my specialty? And I realized I love selections. I love doing the fitness for selections. And a selection is just an obstacle course made tactical. True. So I was like Spartan. With less I mean, well, you'd be surprised. You're getting a whole bunch of ruse on the hill. It's positive yelling, but it's still yelling. True, true. But yeah, so Spartan was awesome. And we started a year ago. And then I became an ambassador for Spartan, which uh, awesome, awesome opportunity to just get involved with the races. And again, hype people up, show up, try and get more people through them. And that led me down, again, a huge rabbit hole. Like now I'm a Spartan instructor. I do SGX training. I show up, I think we did 11 or 12 races this year across Canada and the U.S., hurricane heats I did an ultra attempt for an ultra marathon on the hill which went so poorly and trifecta weekends and trail races and there's just there's so much variation in Spartan but it's the same community no matter where you go and yeah that that's that's my kind of people so I lent 100% into that and it's been such a such a joy such a growing opportunity and in, even as we circle it back to my mental health, that has been probably one of the biggest contributions to my mental health recovery is being and surrounding myself with those positive people and also putting it out there with them, pushing myself physically, pushing myself mentally, and just, you're never down and alone. And I think that's the biggest thing that I like to remind people who are going through it is you are not alone. And having that support network will get you through anything. If it can get me through any crazy race in the rain and mud, it can get you through a dark day. And that, that support network of those other, you know, I guess we'll use the word to kind of inappropriately crazy Spartan racers that are out there with you, doing it with you. It's just so amazing to be able to be like, these are my people. And this is what I need in my life that I didn't know until I got to this point. Yeah. And it's funny because you, you say it two ways there. It's these are my people. And then you have to sit back and you're like, whoa, these are my people. <laughs> and you fall back in love with it again. Yeah, these are my people. I love them. Wait a minute. Am I, am I just like them? I have to think about this for a minute. Am I a little off? No, it can't be. I have not done an obstacle course race in a while. And I definitely have to to get back out there because I've had fun doing them. And I actually did one with both my boys. That was like a, a kid's one. Um Last year, did we do it or two years ago? It, it was pretty cheesy for lack of a better term, but the boys had such a blast and being out there doing it with them and getting dirty. And now they're getting to that age where they can probably start to do the real deal ones. So I think we're going to have to maybe next year, maybe we'll have to come out and, and meet you for a short one, a 5k one. Oh, anytime I'll come, I'll come down your way where you can come up mine. Yeah. <laughs> Spartan in between us, there's intense. definitely some crazy ones. We could probably meet in the middle because there's a lot of mountains in the middle that they do these things at. Well, how far is Vermont from you? Uh, like six hours. It's not too bad. Okay. I was going to say Killington. You want to take on a challenge. I'll take on Killington with you. Wait, 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 wait. Now, now, that's, now, now, that's not what I said now. I just said uh, we, we can do, do a short one, one with my kids and you. <laughs> this is what happens in my world. I start to meet people and I'm like, we should do this together and then it just keeps growing and growing and growing and that's when mrs pip gives like if she was here now and heard this end of the conversation she would be on the other side of the computer like shaking her head like you're not doing this again i can feel my wife shaking her head from the office <laughs> next door she's just like nope we're not doing this you're not signing up for this yet but to speak to that end of this too you know uh, with your spouse and, and the same as my spouse they know we need this that folks like you and I, this is like cathartic for us. Absolutely. And, you know, I really give my wife a lot of props for that because 
she found her way with Spartan. And it's funny, she was always like, I'm only doing the one with you. Like I'll show up and I'll be your support network. And the one turned into the trifecta, turned into two trifectas because she just got hers this weekend. And it's nice seeing her mindset on it because she's like, hey, you know what? I like doing Spartans and I'll continue to try and push myself you know, for herself. But she's like, I see what this does for you. And she's all part of it. You know, me being an ambassador, me training for the races, me going and traveling for them. She's like, yeah, you know, this is good for you because she's like, you're authentic. When you show up at these races and you get to perform, like you're you again. And I think that was one of the biggest things that we noticed over my process of coming with mental health is she's like, you really found yourself with fitness again. She's like, I got my authentic Chris back. And it was at that point where I was like, okay, like, I think I might be on to something and I got to lean into that even more. And ultimately that's what led me here. I love that, like, found your authentic Chris back because most folks don't even realize that we could lose ourselves so quickly that you have to find yourself again. Well, and that was, and it was one of the things I wanted to touch on with mental health is that honestly, you know, there you deal with anxieties, you deal with depression. I was diagnosed with PTSD, but the biggest thing that I found is that I lost who I was. I remember coming in, like, I got into EMS at 18. I like I was a young buck just coming into it. I was there with you, 16 year old, knew it all. Like, yeah, and that's all you, and you know, the emergency service community, that's what you become, right? I identify as a paramedic. That is what I do. Just like I've got cop buddies who are like, you know what, no matter what I do, I'm a cop. But when you take that away and you remove yourself from it, what are you? And that was probably the biggest question I had a hard time coming to terms with is who am I? Now that I'm not doing this one thing, because we talk about always having to stay busy, I was always busy EMS. You know, I'm busy with training, I'm busy with prepping, I'm busy with getting stuff set up for work that I, what am I doing for me? And who am I? And what do I like to do? And it was through fitness that I found that. I found my, how I am with habits, how I am with my discipline, motivation. What do I enjoy and how do I adapt to the process? And that's where Spartan, I found like, I really enjoy pushing myself and I really enjoy being that guy on course that hypes people up. And I am that guy yelling out on course, talking to everybody. And I went with my team. I brought two paramedics who are athletes at my gym and we did the course and they're out there head down, just grinding. I got to get through this. I got to get through this. And I'm out there talking to everybody on the hill, just jumping from side to side to side, meeting new people. And they're just like, I don't know how you have this much energy. How are you doing this right now? See, you're not, you're not selling me on joining you. Cause I'm going to be like this SOB, look at him go. And I'm dying over here trying to keep up like, but that's I'll be hyping you up all day long. <laughs> Maybe I, if you carry me, then I'll definitely do it. No, oh, we can make it challenging. <laughs> we can make it challenging. But I think too, you know, and, and, and seeing you get that authentic self back, you know, I think it's a good time to kind of, you know, bring up what, what kind of geared you into creating all this and, and kind of where you lost yourself. You know, you had an incident at work that could, that could happen to any one of us at any time um, that, that kind of took you away for a little bit. And it, it's really unique as to how your service handled that too. So, you know, I know you can't speak specifics to it, but if you could kind of give some backstory into that. Yeah. I think it's really, it's multifocal in the sense that, you know, obviously first responders, specifically with EMS, you know, every call that we get is someone's bad day. And it was one major incident, but I think it was just the neglect of how much I became a part of EMS and just doing that grind and you neglect those little self cares along the way. And it's, it's little right over the course of many years. Yeah. And 
then I was on a call. Obviously, you know, we would love to show up police, fire, EMS on every call. I mean, that'd be really nice. You have all your resources all in one. And unfortunately, there was an incident where I ended up getting assaulted pretty bad on a call. And the initial support wasn't there. And I realized afterwards how much it was affecting me. It, it really, it devastated my routine. It devastated how I was operating. And it brought up that question of what am I doing and who am I? And it, it really gave me a hard time to struggle with just getting through the day to day. And so obviously I went on. Um, and that was hard too, also because I left my team, right? Yeah. Not just, I'm, I'm leaving what I enjoy to do, but coming from a team background, I mean, I get with the fireside, like you're leaving your unit, right? These are, these are my people. I think that's so, like yeah. the, hardest, the hardest part in the beginning there is, is just what you said with that is leaving. Is that acceptance that I can't do this as well as I did before this incident where the, where mm -hmm. the, the cup finally spilled over. And even with support, you know, with people telling you it's okay, take some time, you know, take some self-care time. That's the hardest part for us is to, to step away. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, like, I know, I know I'm good for this, but having to come to the terms, like I'm not my best at this. So, and I know I can bring back better. And yeah, it was really hard to be like, well, I want to be there for my guys though. I want to be there for my team. I want to be there helping out on calls. Like, it's not just about me. I want to be there helping you. I want to be out there helping, you know, the public. So removing from that was really hard. And that definitely, that was almost as hard as the incident. That put me off. Yeah, easily. Really coming to terms with, you know, I have to do this for me. So anyway, so there was there was a, a pretty dark period there after the call that put me off. But up here in Canada, I mean, we have obviously WSIB because it was an at work incident, which is our workplace that? safety insurance board. Maybe okay. Uh, I like the acronym WSIB. Anyways, they were really great. Um, the service did their part. They made sure I was taken care of after everything got settled and I was able to recognize because I, you know, can't talk too much about it, but I remember I called my commander of my TAC team and I'm just like, I was on shift. It was just after the incident. I'm like, Hey man. And he's like, first things first, you don't sound like you. He's doing a check-in, you know, he heard everything that's going on. He's like, you don't sound like yourself. What's up? I take a hard second here and what's going on. And it was kind of hearing that. It's like, what do you mean? I don't sound like myself. And that really brought terms of like, yeah, man, I'm not okay. It was just him saying that you don't sound like you. And he just knew. And it was like such a good, wow. such a yeah. good boss moment right there. Like, cause you need to know, and we talk about this in, in any leadership training that I'm in, involved with anywhere, it's you have to know your people. Right. And he knew A, you had a bad incident. B, it's clearly affected you because you don't sound like you. So that started that process of of you. Yeah, that was the first domino. And I'm just like, wow, you know what? I'm not okay. And he's like, Kate, you know what? He's like, let's get this started. And that was it. Like I, I was able to come off. I got set up with WSIV. So up here in Canada, we also, it's relatively new, but it's called the Canadian Mental Health Program for first responders. And there was legislation that passed a couple of years ago where essentially you didn't have to prove anymore that an incident put you off because how do you prove mental health, right? Yep. And everything that we do, you know, fire, police, paramedics, we see the worst of the worst. So it just became through legislation that it was implied that what is you're dealing with is because of work and because of what you've experienced on the job. And from that, I mean, the care that I've received and 
the program that got put in place and implemented for me is fantastic. I got set up with psychologists. I got set up with, you know, all the resources that I would possibly need to start to bring everything down, make sure that you're operating from a place of neutral and then step-by-step building you back up and things that one of the best parts of it is that my psychologist said, Hey, do you do anything for fitness? And I'm like, yeah, like I work out, like I, I do my stuff for my teams. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, do you actually do stuff for fitness though? And I'm like, yeah, like I, I like to work out. And he's like, lean into it. And I'm like, why, like why fitness? And he's like, cause it's going to give you an out. And it's something that you have a passion for doing. And he's like, you need that release. You need to be able to work through your stresses. And what ultimately led me to true North tactical fitness is he's like, you're going to find a new you and the habits that you develop and implement for your fitness. And he's like, that's what we're trying to get. He's like, you can build a mindset off of good habits, just like you can build your fitness off of good habits. He's like, I want you to lean into it. And that's, you know, fast forward a couple months where I'm at now and I'm doing better to the point where like, you know, we discussed before we got on air here, like I'm, I'm working towards coming back and coming back a much better version of myself because I'm coming back to my team, knowing who I am and what I can do. And I'm, I'm really, I'm, I like to say vibrating at a better or more positive vibration. I really am coming back into this with a better mindset, better fitness, better outlook. And then I'm able to now share this with my colleagues, which is ultimately where Trinor Tactical Fitness came from. And I think that's such a big part of this too, is the fact that, you know, we're learning, we're still learning about this. Like, I don't think there's ever going to be the actual answer to why any of this occurs for who it occurs to. There's never going to be like a, well, you're a 32 year old male who's worked in emergency services for 12 years, and this is going to happen to you today. You know, we never know when it could happen. And the fact that folks like you are willing to share and share your story and how you were able to overcome that is just going to open doors for so many more people and continue this process of making it better. Probably not ever solving the problem, but making it better. Yeah. I don't, I mean, just given the nature of our work, there's always going to be that inherent risk. But yeah, and it's bringing it back to the community, just like you do with your leadership courses. And then I'm trying to do now with my new business is trying to obviously get on top of it before burnout becomes a thing. And hopefully before any incident can set you off. But also that prehab too, of I'm doing the right things to hopefully I'm a little bit more mentally resilient. So it doesn't affect me as much. Or I'm doing the things physically to make sure that I'm not feeling the stress. And really bringing that education back to people who, I mean, we see it all over, and I'm sure you do too, where we have guys and gals who aren't coping the right way, whether that's mentally or physically, but whatever they're doing, it's not the right way. And, you know, far be it for me to say what works, but there are a lot better ways or more efficient ways to be managing your stress. And it's about bringing that back to them of like, hey, do you first know how to recognize it? And then do you know what to do with that once you've recognized it? You don't sound like yourself. Can you have that there of managing your stress, right? Because we all have stress. I have stress every day of my life. There is stress just like anyone else, but I have to manage that stress and manage my day. And it's when it becomes, I can't manage this is that self-realization or having someone like my spouse or my boss say something's not right here. Yeah. And it's really being able to say, can I manage it? Do I know how to manage it? But can I recognize it too? Just like we were saying, having someone else pointed out to you, but I, I can tell you something's up, but can you sit with that and just that self-awareness, right? 
of is something up? Is something affecting me? Like I don't feel right about it. And it's sitting there and being uncomfortable or comfortable with that discomfort of like what is actually going on. Because we, I mean, that stigma, right? I'm all good. Doesn't bother me. I'm here for everyone else, but you're not taking care of yourself. And you know, it's my partner first, me first, and then everyone else because we're there to respond. You know, taking that as much as I think about that stigma, right? And that like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I'll probably still be like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. I'm trying so hard to break that within my own friends group that I have where I'm always kind of checking in with them without them even knowing it and hoping they're doing the same for me. And I, yeah, 100% and bringing it up to, it's okay to not be okay too. I mean, that does not make you weak. That does not make you thin skinned. That does not make you less capable. It is okay to not be okay. Some things are just not acceptable to everybody. And some things just weigh heavier. And it's just being able to roll with that. The, we talk about one-liners or mantras and with mine at TNT is adapt and thrive. If anything I could instill in anyone that I meet or embark with or touch in life is to adapt and thrive. Can you adapt with whatever you are being faced with and can you thrive from it? That's all you should really focus on. Because what is thriving, right? Just making the best out of whatever situation you're given. It's living. <laughs> it's living, right? Like yeah. you have to thrive to keep moving. And the second you stop, you have to wonder why did I stop? What caused me to stop, you know? Yeah. And why are we accepting where you're at or a crap situation or the burnout that you're feeling is okay. There's so much better out there for you. And then again, if you fix that, if you work on that, what can you give back? What can you do with that when you're operating from a different mindset? I think too, that's another, another huge thing that you just said there is what can you give back? Because sometimes we get into that you know, like, am I, is this really worth it? Am I really helping others? I mean, I do it all, even with the podcast, I do it like, is this really worth it? Like, are people really listening? Even though I can see who's listening, you know, should I keep doing that? And it's when too much of that negative talk adds up is when we aren't thriving anymore and we aren't going forward with it and we aren't helping ourselves and we aren't helping others. And that's really like, that's why we're here to me personally. That's what I believe. You know, you spend so much time in your head, make it a positive place. You can't do anything else, but exist in earth. Why don't you make that a positive place too? And you're never going to like everything. You're never going to like anyone, but why are you making things harder for yourself and others? Like I just never, do you I, and be good. Like I never thought about my head being a positive place before, but now I have to see if it really is or not. I'm going to have to pay more attention to my head space and positivity. <laughs> Best place I can tell you to practice that is in the new breath tub. Let's see how positive your head can be when you get in that cold. When you get in, it's not. Don't lie to folks. No, the yeah, there's a couple get seconds in, it is there not. where I am not so nice to myself. Once you get through that 10 seconds, though, man, once you get through that 10 seconds, I try to really get myself into that positive headspace. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you said that because that really breaks into what that video that I was trying to record and all my mic was off and everything. I was talking about breaking those three or four walls and how that works on mental resiliency. And it's all the things I tell my athletes, that's hundred percent what you're doing. You know, I don't want to get in. There's that part of your brain, like, absolutely not. I'm not going through this. Why? And you do it. And then you get into the cold and you're, you're giving yourself a real run for your money with that negative self-talk and you got to push through. I mean, I can't operate like that. I can't sit here and just beat myself up for being in the cold. So you got to find a way of shifting that mindset. 
And then when you are cold and you're like, okay, I've been in here for 12 minutes, like it's time to get out. It's being like, am I wanting to leave because I'm just uncomfortable or am I actually at a point where I'm ready to do this? And it's again, coming to the terms that and accepting like, nope, like I've put in the work, I'm happy with this. Now it's time to leave. You're really building that mental practice, right? And that's why I love the new breath tubs. Aside from the fact they make me feel great. That's really the mental resiliency that you can get from them. I love it, man. I, I love it. And I just, I can't speak enough about it. Dude. I can sit here and we're coming up to that magic hour mark that I always manage to say. And like I said, I look down and I'm like, there we go. 54 minutes. And like, damn, I could just Wise keep by. talking to this guy, man. We could just keep being, talk about turning negatives into positives. And I think that has been, aside from, you know, consistency, like we talked about, that's been the consistent theme of this podcast is taking negatives and turning them into positives, no matter what they are, whether you're have a bad incident on a job, whether you're on a Spartan race course, no matter what you're doing, it's taking that negative and making it a positive. Yeah. Cause I mean, the alternative just sounds so bleak. I was just going to sit with a negative. And I mean, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you can put in your best effort and it is what it is. But we talk about consistency. I'm going to consistently try, though. If I can't change the situation, I can change how I react to it. If my buddy's having a hard time with it, is there anything I can change with him? We don't just have to settle for it. But it's just not, not giving up on trying to change things. And accepting that negative as a negative and moving on. Yeah, absolutely. You, there's so much you can control and can't control. And you can't control negatives. But you control how you respond to them. Exactly. And that your your outlook and your mindset can change so much. And that, I, I love it that you get hyped as I am about it. Because really, if you can shift that mindset, you can be the most positive. And trust me, I have been in some bad spots. And I hate that guy when you're out there and you're just slumming it. And he's having the time of his life in whatever shit that you're in. And then you change your mindset to be positive And you're like, oh, this is a much better time. Like, I'd rather be rocking out like him. Cause there's nothing you can do, right? You, you yeah, there's really nothing. nothing you can do, but just keep moving on and, and making it better. You know, those negatives are going to happen to you, but you just can't let them take over, I guess is a good way to, to put that one. And that's, I think that's the big one. If anything, we could sum that up with for mental health is like, you're going to go through it. And I, I hope for every guy and gal out there that when you're doing the job, that nothing bad happens to you from the bottom of my heart. But it's, it is out there. It's inevitability in our career that it could happen. And it's just how you react to it. And it's okay to not be okay with it. But you just, you have to reframe your mindset and how you can make it a positive. And, you know, for me, I thought I wasn't going to be able to go back to the career. And that mental shift brought me back to the career. And it also brought TNT with it and Spartan with it. And the relationship with my wife got better and the new friends that I make and these experiences like getting to talk with you, like there's so much that came out of just shifting that mindset. And I wish other first responders could hear that of like, yo, it's really just, just try and look for the positive in it and what you can do. And it's, well, I forget that movie way back when, you know, the, you're paying it forward. Yeah. Right. You're paying it forward with positivity. If you're going to put positivity out there, it is going to affect someone. They're going to be more positive and so on and so forth. And I don't want it to be cliche, like the world's just a positive world, but it really can be different, especially within the first responder community, by just recognizing that you need to sit with it and then bring some positivity towards your day. Could always be better. You could always make it Absolutely. better. Absolutely. Just like never settle. Goals, could always make it better. Absolutely. Consistently pushing for growth.
Uh, I love it. Oh, that may be the title. So you, you, you I've had like 8 million different titles now, but consistently pushing to growth could be it. Like, so oh, if anything, yeah, that's, that's something to live by. And that's where I go with that adapt and thrive. You got to consistently push for growth. Love it. Like, man. Why are you settling? What are you doing if you're not trying to grow? This has been a great hour chatting with you and, and just learning. And like you said, like you could even see it, you know, for the folks that watch on YouTube, like we're kind of hyping each other up with our smiles when we talk. Oh yeah. You can see we're both taking, yeah. We're both kind of on the same mindset here, but I love this mindset. Like, and, and this is why I do this so that I can share other folks stories and then kind of get myself hyped up on your story and be like, man, when I'm down or when I want to get in that cold tub, like, nah, man, Chris said I could do it. I could do it. Like I got you absolutely you're not even here. You're in a whole nother country. And I'm like, no, he knows he'll know if I'm not doing this. Like, Oh, I'll send you the ice bath outside and just be like, you can do it. (laughs) If it's in your garage, you can do it. Uh, Tell all the folks out there where they could find you on the, on the social media channels right now. And and if if you want to give a little peek about what you may have coming up in the future, you can do that too. That's up to you. Yeah. So uh, I'm on Instagram and I've kind of got a TikTok, I guess, but true North tactical fitness. Um, you can definitely Google the site and you can get like I've got a bunch of free training. I've got all of the new breath stuff up there as well. Um, still doing the Spartan stuff. So you can hit up that Chris guy and there's two S's in Chris there because you got to be unique. Um, that'll give you the Spartan journey, but True North Tactical Fitness on Instagram will give you the gym and all of the first responder education. And then, yeah, I know Mike and Elena and I have been working on a little something for new breath and we're really trying to bring a fitness and recovery for first responders, uh, incorporating the fitness and mindset side with their recovery side in the tubs and trying to you say bringing that positivity, but bringing that recovery and that wellness towards first responders. And I think in the near future, you're going to see some things happen there, but, uh, yeah. And then, oh, absolutely. <laughs> little self self plug there for for the size up man but this new breath tub it's been it's done so much for me just in two three months and even the boys and my wife have been using it and it it caused us to meet and have this great episode so i think it's uh well mike and alina are doing great things with it and that's one of the main reasons why i got involved with them is you know i always say first four first responders by first responders and that's what mike embodies and alina's right there supporting them and they're doing fantastic things with new breath and it's so cool seeing all the different first responder services they had a fire service doing tubs or the plunges right in front of their fire truck there the other day. I love that. Bring that to the community because there's the, you've obviously seen the rewards from it. I'm definitely reaping the rewards from it. There's so much and you just got to get over the cold. That's it. And there's so many people too. And I mean, I haven't really posted about this, but that are sending me pictures of them in tubs now that are like, I got this because I, I saw you doing it and it feels so great. And I'm like, and I know you get those those same messages and you're like, it's pretty cool. Like, especially someone just sent me one in a firehouse. They didn't get a new breath, but they got one in their firehouse. And I'm like, I don't care what brand you got. As long as you're doing it right now, yeah. to me, that's what matters the most. So if you're even taking a cold shower or doing a, like, I mean, I've got some buddies who just do a plunge in the, in the winter. They got a lake, they cut a hole, they do their plunge. Oh my gosh. I'm all for it. Seek that cold. Cause there's so much that you can get from safely. it. Seek that cold safely. If you're cutting ice and jumping in there. It's a podcast. Yeah, let's, you can't let's just preface say that one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even have a lawyer and I don't want to have to need a lawyer. So let's do that safely for cutting holes in the ice. Yeah. Let's just stick to the showers, but yeah, <laughs> seeking that shower. cold. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, listen, I like to finish things up here with the, the size up 10, these 10 questions that I keep asking people. And 
I'm working on some major, a major super cut of stuff. It's just taking me forever. So we're getting there, but uh, you ready to answer some, some fun stuff. Bring it on. Let's go, man. All right. Beach or mountains. Mountains. I figured as much. Uh, where are we at? Night out or night in? Night in. A good book. Hey, are we doing a night out fitness? Because <laughs> I will do that all day long, but otherwise night in. Sleep is so important to me. We didn't even talk about all the other things you probably do in, in your routine, but we'll do that on episode two. A good book or a good movie? Good book. Cross, country, so cross country road trip. Who's your celebrity co-pilot? Oh, that's a good one. And I'm so bad with names, but... You could just say like the guy from that movie who played this guy or something, if you want. I may know. Country road trip. Well, we're going to have to circle back to that, man. We can't. There's no circling back. You got to go, yes. man. You got to think. It's on, your, it's on your feet. You're the first person that's ever asked me to circle back. Really? I don't know my celebrities. I don't, I don't deal with all that much. Celebrities. <laughs> you know what? I'm taking Joe DeSena from Spartan. I would love for him to pick my brain. That or David Goggins. I want to hear you don't know me all day long on that road trip. <laughs> carry that boat. That's my, yeah. my, my 13 year old will be working out and like doing a carry. And he's just outside going, who's going to carry that boat. I'm like, oh, you talk about hyping up energy. Yeah. I'm choosing one of them because they are going to hype me up that whole trip. There you go. See, you didn't, it had to, didn't have to be a movie guy. It's David Goggins. Yeah. Like, there you go. Change mindset. And do you make your bed every day? Every morning, first thing. Of course you do. One million dollars or go back to 18 with a redo. One million dollars. Because what I know now, what I could do with that money for, we talk about other people, I'm taking that versus going back. Taking it, making the investment in yourself and other folks. I love it. Highways or back roads? Back roads. You learn so much on the back road. You do. You really do. A bucket list place to visit. I want to go to the British Virgin Islands so badly. Oh, very nice. They don't do Spartans there, I don't think, though, do they? No, they don't. But I'm, I got a sailing background, so I would love to sail the BVIs. Nice. Very nice. Football or football? Ooh, football. Football, huh? Canadian, we're going American Canadian style leagues? Here. We're, we're going to go with the, the Argonauts? Are they still a team up there? They are, yeah. Okay. CFL doesn't have much in the NHL or NFL. Sorry, NFL, but... NFL. You know, I, but I know a little CFL stuff. Like, I got a little bit in there. All right, last one. The best advice you could give to your younger self. Don't put so much weight on it. Whatever it is, don't put, like, there's no point in dwelling. Don't put so much pressure on it. I love it. Just, just roll with it. I love it because when you're younger, you're not even realizing that you're putting that pressure on yourself and what it's going to do to you. How long do you stress about something when you're young, right? And it's, it's everything is life ending or life changing. And then you grow up even 10 years and you're like, why did I spend and waste so much time on something so trivial? Why did I burn that mixtape that girlfriend made for me when she dumped yeah. it? <laughs> why didn't I just say, screw it, I'll move on. I was so passionate into that weight. And it's like, it really, it meant so little. Love it, man. Love it. Well, listen, Chris, it's been a great time talking to you here. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. And as, as always, man, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. You know, all Chris's information will be below in the show notes. If you're looking to reach out to him, I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Um, for this episode specifically, I'm just going to talk about our good friends at New Breath. 
and you have to check them out, man. Newbreath.ca. You can check out their tubs. You can check out um, all the stuff that they make and just their story of wanting to help first responders get into taking that cold plunge and all of its benefits that Chris and I spent some time talking about today have just been super in my life. I know super in his life. Um, I'm going to keep talking about my plunging, especially as we start to get into the winter here in New Jersey. I may be breaking up the ice in my garage this winter to make it even colder, but we'll, we'll see what happens as that goes. So as always, this has been Pip for the Size Up by National Fire Radio, because what you do off the job matters. I like that. Yeah, I don't think I said it right at the end. And I'm still recording now. This is going to stay on, but I got to work on the ending time. Uh, I think you we'll get the delivery, there. man. I'm getting it. I'm working on it. It's not Jeremy from National Fire Radio like he does, but I'll get it. It's the first time doing it. So I'm not going to channel your Batman voice there. Oh, the Batman voice could be good. <laughs>